Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of After the Chaos. My name is Dave Mercy. Uh, today we are going to spend a bit of time with one of my friends uh, in the wrestling business called Ben Allen. Now, if you know Ben, you'll know that he's a cameraman for Pro Wrestling Chaos. He's been involved with our shows for, for a number of years now. But if uh, you don't know Ben quite as well as I do, you'll also learn during this uh, this conversation that it's not just ourselves that he he's worked for when it comes to wrestling. He's actually done a number of different roles for, for, for several companies. Not necessarily as an in-ring performer, uh, but um, both sort of in terms of producing and, and, and editing and, and doing camera work for, for, for a range of different people. And they are very much the unsung heroes of... Uh, of wrestling events you in fact well there's more than just the cameramen i mean the the thing that the people that always get the praise at shows is the wrestlers and and they deserve to they're putting their their bodies on the line but there's a lot more people uh, that you don't see um, or maybe that you don't focus your attention to during an event that that help us produce those shows so we've got cameramen we've got uh light and lighting and sound technicians backstage um we've got cameramen that film our backstage promos um there's uh all obviously all the helpers that that we get all the people you'll see in in, in purple shirts helping um uh facilitate the show make sure that you know you had to get to your seat um and and also keeping you guys safe during the event um from uh, a range of trainees that we get from the likes of dragon pro and etc and things like that all of those are really important cogs as part of this machine that help pro wrestling events happen. And Ben is someone I've known for a number of years. And in fact, we didn't actually... It was it was a funny situation when I started speaking with him because it turns out that I actually met him before I thought I did. Um, and uh, that will come up during the conversation. But... Um, Ben's also a podcaster, which uh, he'll he'll mention during the uh, the interview, um, or say interview conversation, because he's around my house at least once a week anyway. So we thought we may as well use this opportunity to uh, to record our our conversation. Um, but I hope you enjoy it. It's obviously a bit different because it's not a a conversation with a wrestler, but still someone that I think is is very important um, to what it is that we produce. So. Thanks for your time. Um, next voice you'll hear is probably still going to be me because I'm the one doing the uh, the interview this time. Um, if you do get a chance and you want to see more about Pro Wrestling Chaos, please feel free to go onto our website. It's www.prowrestlingchaos.com. Not sure I said www. I think everyone knows how the internet works now, but I am 36 years old. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Thanks for your time, guys, and enjoy the conversation. Cold start. Yeah. Or cold start, warm start. I don't really know. Put our phones on silent, I guess. So Already on silent. Oh, well, obviously, because you already know the podcast. Apparently so. Yeah. So, (laughs) way I normally do these is a really detailed format by just chatting. Good. And seeing if we get anything from it. So, yeah. (laughs) You're ambitious. Yeah, well, we tried tried this on New Year's Eve with uh, Lynn and Emma. Uh, so it's me, Lynn, Emma, and Rob. Oh, and to wow. be honest, I haven't even bothered listening back to no, it because I wouldn't. I'm fairly sure it is possibly the worst podcast ever recorded. Drunk giggling, Dr- lots of drunk giggling, yeah. and lots of Lynn and Emma not really wanting to be recorded. So, yeah. first podcast I ever did was with my wife and her best mate. Was that which podcast? That was, was this? the Kenko so... and Mac one. Right. Okay. Yeah. And the first episode we were recording at my flat, and she didn't want to go out, so they were there, and it was dire. 
did that actually make it to air? Yep. First episode we put out. Good. Yeah. Good. Lost now. Okay. Forever. <laughs> uh, but terrible. Just well, awful. isn't it still on iTunes or have you removed it from there? Or It's not because I don't remember who we used to host it with back then and I stopped paying them. Ah, right. That's so it. they removed everything and I still don't remember who it was. I probably could get it back. Um, but yeah, that was terrible. It's just awful. Okay. Well, this is like a really random way to start. I guess we should probably talk about how we know each other because you're yeah. like an anomaly to me. Am I? You're no. It's in, like, <laughs> it's one of those things where like I, I can pinpoint the point where I think I really started to know you. We became friends. Yeah. Which was like most of my relationships, which was over Facebook. But yeah. I'd met you a couple of times before that. Yeah. And did you come wrestling training or something? I did. Once? Yes. I did yeah. three training sessions with CSF when they used to train here somewhere. Yes, we used to do training at King Edmund School, which yes. has now been torn down and replaced by the Yates uh, International Academy. Yeah, it was there. So literally yeah. round the corner. So did we have the ring set up then? No. Well, this was before no, the ring. It, thing, there right. were some mats on the floor. Classic, yeah. Was, then there was good was quality training. What I seem to remember being essentially part of a ring. Just like the steel Ah, uh, No, so what we did back then, we, so the school also ran uh, a gymnastics thing. Yeah. So there was, a, uh, I think like King Edmunds had like a gymnastic mm-hmm. group. So they had that really springy floor. Yeah. So we used to set that up to mimic a ring. That was it, yeah. That's what we used yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. So how long ago was that? I reckon that was before I was married. Okay. Which I'll have been married 10 years this year. Right, so okay. it must be 10 or 11 years ago. Right, Okay. So if I work out some quick maths, around two thousand nine. Yeah. Okay. So you did three, three lessons. Three, se- three sessions, so, and I loved it. Did I train you? Did I? Did I, I do don't some know. training? I think oh, you, right. I remember someone. I was probably there. You were. You must have been there because I don't know why I, I would have added you I, on Facebook otherwise. I had the keys. So well, I bet you yeah. would have been. Um, all I remember is someone teaching me how to take a shoulder tackle. Uh huh. Realising how much wrestling actually hurts. Yes, yeah. Um, then we did clotheslines. Mm-hmm. And then, you know that... Did we at least teach her to bump first? That was how I learned to bump. Okay, good. Just getting shoulders right, tackled. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever it was was like, right, I'm going to run at you. Yeah. Don't move until I hit you and, and tuck your chin. And this is... <laughs> Maybe I wasn't there. <laughs> Let's hope I wasn't. Um, and this really goes back to uh, one of the many reasons I don't want to run a school. But never mind about that. It was fun, but then I learned how to do a wrist lock. Mm-hmm. You know the spot where they take it over your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I only I learned how to yeah, do yeah. that, and I was like, that was like a magical moment because mm. suddenly you're like, this really isn't real. <laughs> See, how dare you, sir? <laughs> Sorry, how dare you? Kayfabe, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean it really hurt, and it was real. But bumps hurt. Bum- um, bumps do so hurt. I did that, and then completely unrelated, I really screwed my back up at work, mm-hmm. and then stopped. So what job were you doing then? Because you've had about forty I was jobs in a shop. In a shop. I, was working, I got made redundant from a real job. About, I, can, I can pinpoint exactly when this was. So this would have been January 2009 that I came training. Well, it's February 2019, so it almost yeah, exactly. Because February, just... I was working in a shop because I'd just been made redundant from a proper job. Okay. So I got a job in CEX. Oh, did you? Yeah. See, that... Because I had to get a job because I had a wedding to pay for in three months. I'd imagine you'd be perfect in a shop like that. Yeah, I was good. Yeah. I was really good because... So I hate... I don't like retail because I don't like the general public. Yeah. Because <laughs> just, 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 just to be clear, the, these podcasts are genuinely designed for the general public. <laughs> I love you all dearly. Yeah. Um, so I realised I didn't quite like talking to people, so I managed to talk my way into being the guy that tests all the consoles and phones. 
Okay. So I was literally, it was the one in Broadmead, so they had this little kind of That's perspex. huge, that one, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So they had this little Perspex booth. Yeah. By the oh, I know the one, yeah, yeah. And I would stand in there for eight hours a day playing on PlayStations that people wanted to sell. So you'd be like, uh, I've just got to complete this level just to make sure this disc yeah. definitely works. So Smackdown <laughs> versus Raw, or whatever it was then, was really popular. Um, and I just, literally, some guy ran into me behind the tills, felt something in my back pop. Oh, right. And I was, like, done. I was, really? Yeah, I was done. Damn. For a long time. Do you, do you know what you did to your back? It was a bulging disc. From what? The guy running into me. So I was like, the get behind the tills there, you had like the counter would go across yeah. and then it stopped. And there was a little gate thing. Uh-huh. So I was stood in there with counter either side and he ran into me and I kind of got sandwiched between this heavy set guy mm. and a bit of wood. <laughs> That's a very politically then, correct I way know, you put that. Did, well yeah, done. I know. PG. Um, yeah. <laughs> this, so then I've I got to be honest, this, this, this particular podcast isn't exactly PG. Okay. So you, like, oh, yeah, I did listen to your one with... Jekyll. Yeah, is it Jekyll or Rob? Rob, fine. Yeah. Okay, good. He's become more softer now. He's happy for people to know that he the really podcast was him being soft, was it? Uh, that that <laughs> that was that was probably good. yeah yeah. And That's even good. with the stuff we did have to bleep out, which nobody will ever know. I need to know what that is. Though. Yeah, you're not going to find out recorded. No, 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 no we'll, do that, we'll do that after. And then I'll release a spin-off of this podcast. Okay, just burying the pair of you. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> I look forward to it. So. That was 2009. Yeah. So how did you find out about the school? What did you... I'm pretty sure I just Googled Pro Wrestling Training Bristol. Because we never actually properly advertised it. I'm that sure was, that's what it was. That was one of my big frustrations because Natty at the time was still... He knew he knew I was going to run training regardless because I wanted to do stuff to right. just, just keep sharp. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> mostly Matt worked for me because I loved doing technical wrestling mm-hmm. back then. Um, and he kind of just realised, look, if he didn't, if he didn't at least get some form of control and, and sort of at least give us access to a ring and stuff that we were just going to go off and do our own thing anyway. Yeah. But he never properly advertised it. And it was one of those frustrations back then because I really thought that could have been turned into a proper little business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just never really flourished. And I'm surprised you found out about that because most of the time yes, it was I'm word sh- of mouth. I'm sure I just Googled it. Yeah? I'm sure I just okay. Googled Pro Wrestling Training Bristol. Fair enough. Which I did before I really got to know you in the years since as well. Mm. And the only option, obviously. Yeah, so we would have done that. So you would have shown up a couple of times and I wouldn't have spoken to you for ages. And yeah. then they had that little minor problem with the International Women's Network. Yeah, that was that was when our <laughs> friendship was fully formed. That's when we both realised we're both sarcastic pricks. Yeah, that was yeah. a great day. So that was That when... was the day that a friend of mine got quoted in The Guardian. Yeah. For th- <laughs> He didn't threaten. He suggested that okay. someone else oh. should kick a feminist in the vagina. Oh, okay, yeah. So, okay, so we have to be really careful on the fact that we're about to commit this to a podcast, yes. and you've started with the word feminism. Yeah. So, this was all about. If memory says something with Hooters. Yeah. So yeah. Hooters got shut down. Yes. Which I was upset by because they did really good chicken wings. Mm-hmm. As for it being because of the waitresses. Number one, they weren't that attractive. Number two, wow. they had clothes on and there was a strip club around the corner. Okay. So it was literally the chicken wings and the beer. Oh, God, this is going to get me in trouble. They did okay. all, you, all you could eat chicken wings for £15. All you can eat? Yeah, for £15. All you can eat? Yes. Man, I'm mad again. It's exactly. Shut. Damn. See, I'm mad because I never even got a chance to bloody go there. Oh, that was a great place. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. So if memory serves, that shut down, I think there was some comments from individuals that were happy that it was shut down. They'd been uh, petitioning for it to get shut yeah, down. Yeah. Now, 
fine, petition what you want. The argument I have with I had at the time mm. with that was they were claiming to be feminists mm-hmm. and they were celebrating the fact that thirty women were now out of work. Yeah. That's yeah. not feminism. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that was kind of my stance on it as well. And then I think some of some of your mates may have come in with a bit more of a bit hard, more, bit hard, more fire, <laughs> a, a slightly harder right wing edge to think, it. Because yes, I, I think, think so, yeah. me and you still consider ourselves to be relatively lib- liberal yep, people. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, it went rapidly. It was one of those where you, it was really good fun for a few hours, and then a few people with slightly different views got involved, and I thought. I'm just going to back away from this. That was the first time I can remember getting into one of those sort of time tunnel Facebook debates where you realise that you're literally just waiting for that little notification to pop up yeah. so you can reply with an even longer response. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I think it was at that point I realised that, okay, me and Ben are on the same wavelength. Yeah, and because of the way that the Facebook <laughs> algorithms work, anything we post, we'd see. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> God bless Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, because all that does is basically turn your friends into a cult. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Um, so I know we had that, and yeah. then you worked in Yate for a bit, didn't you? Cause, yeah. And I saw you at the Vodafone shop when you were working it there. It was phones for you back then, but yeah. Yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah. I know it's a Vodafone shop now. So They're amazingly, you... my wife now works. Does she? Yeah, she does. I should have thought about speaking to you then before I renewed my last Vodafone contract. Yeah. Bugger. <laughs> <laughs> the next time next you'll time. probably have left there by then but oh, you know. I want to pay as you go now I haven't upgraded to my latest iPhone I've, oh, I've, okay. I've stopped now I've I've really... st- I think I've stopped that this year I've got I'm the I've got the 7 plus at the minute yeah. and, I, and I just can't justify the nope. I'm spending I was spending like 78 quid a month because I'm a data whore yeah. and I've just got like a 25 pound a month SIM contract yeah. now and, and that gives me more yeah. data than I had before yeah. as long as it doesn't break I'm fine exactly but this isn't a phone no podcast. it's not we no. should probably get to god forbid phones yeah so why do we get <laughs> okay so how do we get to the point so when, when I think what it was is you used to listen to the podcast that me and Ken covered. oh yeah yeah this one yeah um, this would have been about what like, six seven years ago Pre kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. pre my first son, yeah. Is that uh, how you define your life, pre kid? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. BK, it's like you know, BC, oh, BK, BK, PK, PK, yeah, we'll PK, pre kid. Um, so we did a podcast, um, which I think you liked. You I said did. You listened to it. <laughs> so um, that podcast was more of like a pop culture sort of, yeah, pop podcast, culture, yeah. basically kind of trying to be a Kevin Smith podcast, but yes. without having Kevin Smith on it. Yeah, which it turns out isn't that great because. Kevin Smith has a big audience because he's Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah. We didn't, we didn't have that. We were funny, I think. Well, Kevin Smith has this habit of telling the same story at least six times a year. Times, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think that somehow spun into you saying, we want someone to come and do backstage interviews. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. No. What happened first? Because I wouldn't have offered you a job straight up. No, so that doesn't sound like something I do. You approached me and Kenko and said, would you want to record commentary for one of our shows to see how it goes? Oh, did I? Yes. Oh, okay. Right. We then tried to do it. Yeah. And I remember thinking, fuck no, because it's so difficult. <laughs> and then amazingly, so, funnily enough, I listened to um, Pariah Khan's podcast with Maltman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah it is. He, he makes it sound easy, but it's so difficult. Yeah. But Maltman's um, one of the best commentators going. Yes. So, that's... so I, then I remember going to you and saying, no. Absolutely can't do it. A, we just want to swear all the time. Yeah. B, I don't know how to commentate on wrestling. Two um, valid points, which possibly might be needed if you were to... Yeah, yeah. I think it's helpful. Yeah. Um, and then somehow from that, I ended up coming to your show in Thornbury, where you had... Which one? Was that the where, Chris Hero one? Don't we? No, that? 
Uh, no, we had Chris Zero in that one. Was it, it was whatever so had, the first show you had Will Ospreay at? Was it the hottest show since time began? I don't know if it was that one or not, because I think but, I've done three with you at Thornbury. So, the the first time we went to Thornbury, we had the six-man, the absolute mental six-man. With man, Will and Will, Mandrews. Mil, yeah, Will, Mandrews and Paul Robertson that, that against one. Shane Strickland, yeah, Liggs and Kirby. Project Lucha Underground, the greatest name I ever came up it, with. The, ah, no, we can go back further than that. Your show in Whitchurch, yeah. the famous concussion show. I don't remember. No. <laughs> Me and Kenko turned up to that one because we were going to do record some interviews with Drew Galloway yeah, and Jay yeah, Lethal. Yeah. I'd never been to an indie wrestling show before. I think I'd only been That was to your one. first show? Yeah. Man, you I, started big. I that think, was a huge show for us. I think, because it was Bird and Legs 3 as Yes, well, it was, it? yeah. I think I'd only been to one WWE show before. I'm obviously a shit wrestling fan. Clearly. Um, and we were going to record some interviews and I remember coming up to you at the show and being like, hey man, where do you want me to put these? And I showed you podcast yeah. mics. And you looked at me with this bizarre look in your eye and were like, what's that? <laughs> and I was like, maybe we just drop this. And then I found out later you were just... I was severely, severely concussed. concussed, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly cannot remember anything past the show start. I mean, I remember I got, I got, remember the knock earlier that day and like the setup stuff, but as soon Did as the show... Did you fell off a ladder? Yeah, yeah. Fell off, fell off effectively the top of a ladder um, and like landed right, like flat bumped and then sort of hit the back of my head. Oh, God. Tuck your like, chin, mate. You've got sorry, to tuck your chin. Tuck your chin. Surprisingly, <laughs> um, wasn't expecting the bump. No, we no, no. So, yeah, we came there and then somehow, and the next show I went to, no, nope, changed again because now I've actually remembered it. That we came to Rhinos, Birds, Whatever that oh, one was called. We name our show some silly stuff. Yeah, I don't ever remember yeah. what it's called. Which had Rhino and Tommaso Ciampa. Yes, it on did, it. yeah. And we interviewed Rhino for the podcast. Oh, did you? Yes. That's the did, sole reason I came. Did I, that ever go out? Yeah. Have I not listened to that or something? I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I was still concussed. Possibly. Um, so we interviewed Rhino for the podcast. Yeah. And I remember that vividly because I had a really long beard at the time mm. and he wouldn't shut up about how cool my beard was. Rhino was the And man. like two weeks later, he showed up on Raw. No, no, it was actually the week after. So the thing is, it's like we could talk about it now, but basically we got told about that, or Nick Gideon got told about that like the day after. Amazing. Um, and like he said something like, who knows, you might see me on Raw tomorrow. And we were like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then he was on Raw tomorrow. It's like, whoa. So we, yeah, we turned up and recorded an interview with him, and we also filmed some footage for that Talking Head documentary interview thing we did with you three for Chaos on the Ah, uh, yeah. So we filmed that. Yes, because you approached us about wanting to yeah. do a documentary. Right. Then we came here and filmed the interview with you mm. three. And yep. from that, you said, do you want to do some backstage interviews for us? Uh, okay. So then I turned up to Thornbury to film some backstage promos. And the very yes. first thing I had to do, the first one was a promo with Will, Scotty and Paul Robinson. That must have taken a while. Which took a long time <laughs> because it was insane. And then Robbo just scared the shit out of me. Because the minute, you know, them cutting a promo, Will and Scotty are kind of funny. And yeah. and then Robbo starts screaming. Yeah. And it gets very tense really quickly. Rob, Rob, Robbo is generally, like, like whenever I meet him, like he, he always says, like, he loves coming to our shows. And he's always really happy and stuff. But if you ask him to do a promo, boom, like a pit bull. Yeah. He's ready exactly. to go. And it's, in terms of the professionalism, that you can switch it on like that amazing. and cut. Absolutely amazing. Scathing promos. Really angry, really fast, without getting being given much direction at yeah. all. He's one of the best, and yeah. I, so that was the first one. The second one, because I think were you building to the the big Survivor Series match, you versus Bray Khan? Was he building to that? Yeah, yeah, we would have been. Yeah, second I, one, Nick smacked Nathan Bain in the head 
<laughs> it was when Bane was wearing his mask. Yeah, yeah, just hit him Nick with a kendo. Nick smacked him in the with a kendo stick. Uh, and I swear I heard his skull collapse. <laughs> and he went down like a sack of potatoes. And you just hear at the end of this amazing like backstage segment, Nick goes, shit, you're right, mate. <laughs> oh, fuck, I've got to edit that. Then the third one, Rob came up to him and was like, right, you're going to do, or it might have been you, some one of you goes, you're yeah. going to do a promo with Eddie Ryan. Yeah. And at the end of it, we just want him to choke you out. So that was yeah. my real first experience in the world oh, of wrestling. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. the weirdest day ever. But we got all the promos done in the afternoon and then watched the show, mm. which was really quite cool. It was one of our best shows, that one. It's a, it's a real shame the hard camp failed for that. Did it? Yeah. Oh. Remember, because me and you uh, tried to film commentary for oh, it. Of course, remember we did. After. My second How can you not remember commentary. the show? This was, yeah. I was like, it was quite a pivotal. That six man was insane. That six man was one of the best matches we've ever had mm. available on Chaos. On demand. Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Oh, actually free at the moment. Uh, Is it? With, with the code Superkicks. I know. Good. I yeah. like it. Nice. I know. Thank you. So yeah, that and then from there I think I turned up doing random backstage stuff. Because mm. um, Jim would have been how long were we doing the filming back then? So Jim Jim didn't have his live streaming no, super so sexy cameras. Jim was still doing photos at that point, wasn't yeah. he? Photos the first one, the Rhino one, Ollie was at, because that was the first time I ever met Ollie. Jim wasn't there. No, Jim was there. Oh, was he? So Jim was there, and Jim actually did something really clever. So Is that the one when he came and yeah. just took photos to pitch to you? Yeah. Brilliant. So Jim, Jim was really smart. Anybody listening to this, if ever you want to try to hustle your way into the business, mm-hmm. um, I never say work for free, but if you're going to do something off your own back which is different and creative to make a promoter like, move the yeah. red, that's a clever idea, because that's yeah. what Jim did. He took photos, just sat down from where he was at, and then sent me some match graphics that he could make. And he just did that without me even asking. Treat, as, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, yep, yeah, fine, job for life. But you were still doing it at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've gone back to doing it at the minute. Have you? I've made the Godfather one. Or the did you? Father. That's mine. I'm yeah. quite impressed with that. Thank you. That's good. It was originally, um, the. to be fair, Grey actually took the image. He, he forced um, Dick, after he had his match in January, he, right. for, he forced him to put a tux Brilliant. on and take that photo. Nice. Nice. Um, and so he sent me the, the black and white view yeah. of that but then I've, I've made the actual poster from nice. it and the, the match graphics and stuff nice you've done well there I've still got a little bit of skills good basic basic skills yeah. nowhere near good as Jim's skills Jim no one has skills as good as Jim no I miss Jim I do as well he's made my life so much easier come back Jim yeah come back if ever you listen to these come back <laughs> uh, so yeah that then backstage stuff and then one of your ringside guys for whatever reason, I think he couldn't make it to a couple of shows. Josh would have been Josh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you asked me to step in for him, uh. which is what first made me realise how much filming wrestling really hurts. Because standing up holding a camera for three hours is really not fun. No, it's a young man's game. Yeah, uh. I'm not young anymore. <laughs> and then I started filming loads of other wrestling shows. You did, yeah, because yeah. that's the thing I noticed. It's like one minute you were sort of like just working for us, and I blinked, and then suddenly you were everywhere. everywhere yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jim used to call me his shadow. <laughs> yeah. So who else did you start to work for then? So first one after you guys was UPW. So how did you end up getting that work? Every single one of these I Facebook messaged. Okay. Um, to start with, or by the end it was like, I've worked for this promotion, this mm. promotion, this guy, blah, blah, blah. It becomes easy to get work yeah. once you get work. But to start with it was like, I filmed backstage stuff for Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. And UPW weren't, didn't have anything filmed at the time, so I went to work for them. Didn't they? No, no one was filming for them at all. And then when SWA turned back into SWA from 7, Seven. Pro. That's Shropshire Wrestling Alliance. Yeah. yeah. So when Simon took back over, he brought me in up there. Mm-hmm. And then Big League... Uh, little bits and pieces for 
what was IPW? The uh, no, not IPW. The one bef- that Billy had before, Fight Nation. Yeah, little bits and yeah. pieces for them. You did one for LDN, didn't you? As well, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did one for LDN. Yeah. Um, RCWA did loads for them. Will Will's promotion. They're the ones who have now turned into frontline front next gen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I loved working for them. They were a cool place to work. Mm-hmm. Fucking miles away. <laughs> yeah, the other side that should be the it. wrestling mantra. What? Fucking miles away. Everything is yeah. fucking miles away. They, they, RCWA, through no fault of their own, were also the reason I stopped filming wrestling. Okay. Because I worked a show of theirs in December 2017, about a week after I'd had my car written off, and I was still concussed. Yeah. So I just thought, fuck it, drove to Essex in my hire car. Of course you did. Finnick, which was their biggest show of the year, so I didn't mm. want to let them down a week yeah, before. Yeah. Filmed it, was and it was in Essex, right? Arse end of no way. Can't get to Essex easily. And there's only two ways out of Essex, according to my sat-nav. The M25 mm-hmm. or central London. So I'm coming out of this little town, wherever it was, and I have to go left for the M25, or I keep going straight for central London. Sat-nav said turn left. I kept going straight. Why? Because I was still concussed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then it took a few minutes to realise, I thought, fuck. There was nowhere to turn around because it was a dual carriageway with mm. no exits because yeah. it's Essex and they're yeah. all big dual carriageways. Just kept going, driving through central London. Shortly after midnight, mm. where you think it won't be that bad. Nope, traffic's still a bastard. <laughs> Six hours it took me to get home. Yeah, I woke up the next morning and I thought, nope, fuck this. <laughs> I'm done. I'll just do the ones five minutes from my house because <laughs> at least I can drink at them. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how I ended up just doing yours. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Because, but you've done other bits for wrestling as well, though, haven't you? So you've yeah. done like video stuff for What Culture and done some like... bits for What Culture. I had a really good night at What Culture. Like I worked a couple. Of oh, of course, because you would. You, you, I know you made videos, but you also went there. And I went and filmed, stuff, filmed, didn't you? filmed the. How could you not mention that? In that yeah, group? I don't know. I forgot that. So I filmed the Japan leg. I got a really sweet deal from them. Right, I can talk about this now. So. I quoted them the same rate as I charged most promotions to do the whole show. So ringside, hard cam, another hard cam, backstage promo. So I quoted... An edit. An edit. Yeah, yeah. I quoted What Culture the same rate. Bear in mind, they had a full crew anyway. Mm-hmm. Every show I worked, I turned up and every single time they were like, can you just do backstage stuff? I'm like, fucking yes, I can. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> you're paying me the same. Um, and they always paid in advance, so it was done. So I filmed... But that is genuinely the way it should be done in it my opinion. It is 100%. It's the way you do it. Yep. Um, it's the way pretty much everyone I worked for did it, to be fair. Good. Yeah, it was, it was decent most of the time, anyway. Um, so film did... Have the, you been politically correct, not wishing to bury any promotion? Did the <laughs> Japan leg of their World Cup thing they did. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which then spun out into filming... Because they had a hardcore title, right? I'm not entirely and it sure. It was like a 24-7 thing was like, it? like okay. WWE used to do, like Attack do. And they had a backstage brawl, which was BT Gun versus Primate. Oh, uh, yeah. All around the... There was this massive warehouse with like 1,200 people watching. And we were going all the way around. They had an MMA cage upstairs. We filmed a bit in there. What? Yeah, it was this weird <laughs> warehouse, mate. And then downstairs... Wait, wait, wait. So they just had a match in an MMA cage for shits and giggles? It started in the MMA cage. <laughs> of course it did. It finished. We got around the whole building. It finished downstairs in this weird back room with a boxing ring in it. Mm. And the finish was pa- Primate powerbombing BT Gun in a boxing ring. Oh, fuck it that. It was disgusting. Oh. It was hot. And he didn't go easy. You might as well do it on the floor. It, it made a hell of a noise, though. I know, but... A hell of a noise. <laughs> but you know what? It's one of those things where, like... And this is where I think about it more from a directorial point of view... And, and, and how the audience would look at it. 
if people look at it in a ring, if they go to it's a boxing ring, they just think it's a normal yeah. power bomb. Yeah. If you're going to do that anyway, if you're willing to it take that, because the you know, so a boxing ring, I've bumped to one before. Yeah. Don't has do no it. give. No. Just do it on the floor, mate. Yeah, just do horrible. it on the floor. <laughs> and then um, they, I think, then they changed to Defiant, and they went through that whole rebrand thing. So I filmed. They used to do tapings, and they'd film like three or four episodes of their YouTube show in a year. Long shows. So one of them... They still are, I think, when they're doing them. It's still the same sort of format. shows, man. Um, but that's, that's the nature of how they try yeah. to do it. And I understand why. Because oh, yeah, I get it. their revenue generator is the YouTube, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. I, I understand it. Um, so turn one, and they, it was when they had Stu Bennett yeah. as their GM. So I just spent a day filming backstage promos with him, which mm-hmm. was quite fun. And then that was the night that they started off the IPW invasion thing. Oh, uh, the scenarios and stuff. Yeah. yeah, Billy was telling me about it. So I was, yeah. I was there, and I fil- finished filming with Stu, so I was just going to sort of sit backstage and hang out, and I saw Damo and Brooks and Billy, yeah. and I was like, what are you lot doing here? And Billy was like, oh, we're doing this invasion thing. I was like, oh, cool. So Billy said, chuck on an IPW t-shirt, come out with us through the crowd and be our cameraman. I'm like, I'm not turning that down, because <laughs> I'm still such a mark at heart, right? <laughs> I was like, I'm not turning that down. So I ran out, and then they were destroying the ring, mm. and like just shouting at the punters it was great fun <laughs> it was so much fun so that, that was like that was great oh I know you know what's funny right you, you've probably met more promoters than I have yeah, yeah. I've met, I've met they, a lot like Billy like, I was chatting to him last night I chat to him weekly still never you met never the met man him. never met oh, the he's, man he's great I like Billy I like, I've got a lot of time he's for Billy he's the busiest man in the world because he's got his, he's got the music thing. The music he's got thing. he's now a chairman of the football club. The football club, and he's got and he's got wrestling. Wrestling, and it's not even like a small wrestling company. <laughs> IPW are running a lot of shows at the moment with a TV deal now. Yes, yeah, no, yeah. Um, hey, <coughs> I fair, don't know where he finds the time. Fair play to him. Do it. Fair play to him. I get tired working and turning up to film hard cam at your shows. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because you've got what two normal jobs. Yeah, in the minute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've got one normal job which takes up a lot of my time, and then chaos which takes up chaos takes up a lot of your time. It though. really does. Yeah. yeah, so much time. Which is you know why adding things like this podcast to it it's really, obviously makes sense. It's it's a really good idea. <laughs> um, I thought it through, and I thought what what there's at least an hour free yeah. each week that I need to fill. Do you edit much or not really? You just put it up as is. This generally you I'll put an intro on it, right? I'll put a little bit of an intro on it, um, and then it depends if Rob. Um, yeah if Rob buries anyone I've got to do a bit of editing uh, yeah. but that's about it basically anything incriminating either politically or, yeah. or with the police um, right oh, wow, okay. will be the only things that will take yeah. off this because um, as much as I always try to be a positive person if people want to come on here and say whatever they want to say that's fine yeah. I'm not trying to police what anyone wants to that's say nice. or anything like that that's good because I remember when I did Am the... I'm free um, to bury it. There's no one I want to bury it. There's no one I want to But I mean, I, I remember, like, I haven't done loads of podcasts, but I, when I sat down with uh, Webster and I did the one with him mm. uh, ages ago, he always said at the start, look, we'll, we'll, we'll just have a discussion and at the end, if there's anything you want to take out, you can take, take out. And, and there wasn't with the way that our conversation mm-hmm. went. Um, and, you know, I respect the fact he does that. But yeah. as far as I'm concerned, if you're happy to say it, I'm happy to publish it because yeah. the only person who's getting incriminated is you. Otherwise, if you regret saying it later, it's a bit too late, isn't it? Yeah. So, job done. That's fine. That's and, and, it's, and it's my way to just slowly bury the, the Brit ref scene. Good. It's it's a good plan. I'm starting with my friends. It was a really <laughs> clever idea. <laughs> nice. I yeah. like it. Right. Okay. So, you've done that. Um, wrestling and stuff. Yeah. Cool. So that's kind of the wrestling portion of the podcast, I guess. I don't yeah. really know. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you like stuff? I like stuff. <laughs> I love stuff, yeah. 
I still like wrestling, just not as much as I used to like wrestling. Working in it does that to you. Yeah. You're at... you, you see a lot of shit. I spend less and less time watching wrestling now. Like, I, so I, I thoroughly enjoy being at your shows. Thank you. But you, you meant to say that on the basis of, I pay you. They all used to pay me, and, and a lot of shows you go to, you kind of watch it and you think, <sighs> why have you done that? Mm. What's the point in that? We've had debates about certain things. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yours are consistently good. Thank you. And they're fun to watch. My kids enjoyed them, mm-hmm. uh, which was nice. Never good. bringing them again. Um, <laughs> too much of a heart attack. Um, but yeah, you, you kind of do learn to fall out of love with it a bit. I think it's more of a case if you look at it through a different lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're constantly thinking about how it could have been better. Yeah. And that's not to say that you're critiquing the stuff that's been put out. Nope. Um, but it's more about... If I'd done it again, what would I have done differently? I think I'm like you. I think in anything, like any film or anything else in wrestling, you, for anything to happen, there needs to be a reason for it, mm-hmm. not just a sake of do that. Yeah, you know, unless, unless you're doing like maybe the Rev Pro thing of just putting putting on like these super indie, yeah, and, and that dream the, match type deals, and that's kind of its own thing. And, that, and that's their product, and that's their yeah, niche, and, and it I, works. I get that. If you're a, a company or a promotion that you know tries to put storylines across and give fans a reason mm. to come back at the next show half of your card just being random matches mm. doesn't necessarily work all the time yeah um, you know you have to do it every now and again to transition maybe from one thing to another but all the time like if one guy had a really good storyline driven match at one show the next show it's forgotten about mm-hmm. and you just look at it and you think why though yeah and I think that's well I try not to think about it as wrestling I think about these guys as a bunch of characters yeah and, and and what is their motivation to do whatever it is that they want to do or, or the worst thing you can do is say I'm, uh, I'm going to turn this guy heel because he, we need a heel to go after the belt that makes no sense No, I need to have justification and reasoning for whatever it is that they're doing so like when Webster turned at Chaos yeah there was a reason there was a reason yeah there was because, that fucking promo which yeah, something else yeah I mean you know the whole thing with Webster's turn was more about he'd been trying to He'd, been getting, he, he'd actually subtly been losing for a while. He'd been losing yeah. for about six months. Um, and each time he'd be doing it, he'd be trying to pander more and more to the audience. Mm-hmm. And like he'd be just got to the point where he just snapped. Um, and then he snapped, he tacked to ref, we suspended him. He came back and he apologised, trying to give depth and the fact that the show's sorry mm-hmm. because somebody, somebody like Webster's got a lot of range. He can do yeah. all that and, and you know that you can trust him to do it. Um, and then he, he turned again on me and then Eddie and then used us as an example of why, you know, pandering to the fans doesn't work. Yeah. And then that was only the start of that, though. I mean, he mm. went on like a super evil genius sort of run yeah. with some of the stuff that he ended up doing. And weirdly, him getting injured probably worked in our favour. His whole heel run with mm. you guys yeah. is probably the, my favourite thing I've ever seen in British wrestling. Mm. It was cool. And and sometimes I get really frustrated because it's not just the fact that I... I mean, it's fine now because he signed. But I used to get really frustrated when I didn't feel he was getting the recognition he deserved. I felt like it was not that we deserved to get more eyes on us, but he deserved to get more eyes on him. But he was a baby way. face everywhere, wasn't he? Pretty much. Apart from with you guys. Yeah, although we, cop- we copied that idea from Triple X, though. Right. <clears throat> so Triple X were the first ones to properly do a heel run with him. And I... I did some work with Triple X and I saw 
some of the stuff he was doing on the mic mm. and I really liked him anyway yeah. um, but seeing all that and then thinking about what we could do to enhance that sort of angle and, and the idea of what can you do with him as a heel because mm. um, heels you know heels generally are much easier to book yeah it's much easier to be hated than it 100%. is to be liked or loved. You can just go out and be a dick, can't you? Exactly. It's there's, um, it's it's not difficult. Take it in real life. Katie Hopkins is a great heel. Hundred percent. Fantastic. Okay. okay. Um, uh, don't get like every time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, how many? Uh, so so if you take a look in terms of political spectrum, so say she's a uh, somebody that is a. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? She's. I can think of a word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, spokesperson is the right person, but she's like a political sound person. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And there's probably a word that I should be using. She, she's definitely a heel, in my view, based 100%. based on the way that I view things. Yeah. Um, some people may think she's a face. Let's not debate that. That's their issue. Okay. How <laughs> many? What's what's the face equivalent of Katie Hopkins? Oh, there isn't one. Exactly, because it's very difficult to be loved in that field. I mean, you. I guess you could argue that someone like a Jeremy Corbyn would have been at one point. Yeah, even he, he's kind of he's done the turn. He's midway through his heel turn. Yeah, exactly. This has gone in a weird direction. No, no, but it is. Everything <laughs> it's, is wrestling. Hundred percent. Everything yeah. is wrestling, and this is what there's. There's. If you say anything in the world, like uh, even like with sports football players, you could name ten players you hate really quickly. Players you love harder. Yeah. Players you might love because of what they've done for you as a club, but generally, if you look at look yeah. at it objectively in terms of any football player that you can say you genuinely love, yeah, you'd find a load more you can hate, because it's a lot. Hate is a much easier emotion um, to give out it's than like, it is love. So the football thing's interesting. So Eric Cantona, I think, is a good example because mm. when he did that drop kick on that fan, yeah, you, however many years ago that was, that was nineteen ninety six. Instant heel turn. Yeah. <laughs> so it's easy to turn heel, yeah. right? It but is. But the minute you're you're a heel, so we can look at Webster again. When you did the storyline where he came back to help you fight the Brotherhood, yeah, that only worked because of how long he'd been gone. Yeah, if he'd come back at the next show and mm-hmm. done that, yeah. everyone would have been like, "What are you doing? It doesn't yeah. make sense." But you so see, you need time mm-hmm. to get people to either forget you or forgive you. Yeah, to be the good guy again. Exactly. See, I could do this. It's that thing that uh, Jim Cornette says a lot of things, but one of the things <laughs> one, of the th- one of the things I always agreed with him is um, they'll never miss you if you're not gone. A hundred percent. And couldn't agree more. We knew at that point we'd done as much as we could with Webster. Therefore, the best, the the easy way to turn him face, like that for that particular point, was going to be um, not not being around and coming back to not it. The motivation behind those returns were, wasn't even meant to be about that him saving me. Mm. It was just basically about the fact that they they run chaos, not the brotherhood. That this was, was I was supposed yeah. to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And um, I came across a real a, a really good example of someone getting loved is Dick Riley. Yeah, because that was that was weird to watch. Because at the same time as he was going up and up with you guys. Same thing was happening at UPW mm-hmm. and a load of other places. Some, for whatever reason, and it all seemed organic as well. Yeah. No one seemed to be going, let's really push this guy. It all seemed to come from the fans and realising that saying we love Dick really loudly is actually yeah. really fun. <laughs> and it just happened everywhere. And the, the, it was insane. The thing with Dick, that I think uh, initially after we did the split between him and, him and Walker... Um, I'd be lying at that point if I said a year and a half's time we're going to make him champion or anything like that. Um, but 
Nick Arnick, Gideon, always said he's fucking good. Mm. And I will put my hands up and say I hadn't seen enough of his work mm-hmm. to actually know how good he was. I mean, the stuff he did for us I was always really happy with, but I yeah. never I never saw what he could become or what mm. he did become. Um, and I'm trying to struggle to remember what we did with him after the initial match. Oh, I remember. So the, the, the next match we had was him versus Charlie Sterling. Yeah. Um, in Thornbury. Yeah. And they did an opening match and just tore the house down. They <laughs> I really, remember. They, I remember that so well. They really did. They didn't, they didn't overstay the welcome. It was an opening yeah. match, but they had probably one of the best opening matches we've, we've ever had in Because Chaos. it's Dick and Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I remember because I was doing commentary that night because whoever it was was meant to be doing commentary wasn't it was Merlin and I don't think we had Maltman that night yeah. so it was like me me and Merlin doing it um, before his uh, his ego got the better of him but um, bastard yeah yeah he, he was relatively uh, subdued back then <laughs> it's much easier to work with um, but, uh, so yeah I remember I remember sort of laughing at the commentary when I was mm. doing it. Um, because of how ridiculous the the match was, I remember speaking to Nick after going, "Yeah, okay, I'm all in now. I I understand it. Yeah, what are we going to do with him?" And that's where we came up with the idea of the best way to get somebody to, to try to we we not even the best way, but the way that we try to get people to love Dick in that respect was <laughs> never going to get um, <laughs> was let's build sympathy around him, yeah. but not sympathy. At him, but with him. So the exact opposite of what you did with Webster. Yeah. So, but don't have him lose. If uh, look at Superman. Superman's one of my least favorite superheroes because he's too strong. Yeah. My favorite superheroes are the ones that have loads and loads of weaknesses. Yep. Dick had loads of weaknesses for the yep. next year because he lost to a plethora of people. Of top guys. Exactly. Every things, time yeah. he beat one, he leveled up. Yeah. Every time he, if you can say, okay, fine, I've lost a bunch of matches. However, I've just gone toe to toe with the WWE UK champion, two IWGP Junior Heavyweight champions. Um, when when you break that down, you look at the the body of work he put in. People started to respect him. Hundred percent. The match he had with Will at King's Oak. Yeah. Something else. Exactly. I loved that match so much. And and. Will took me aside after and basically said, "Like you've got something really special with him." And he did say, "Look, I didn't know if he was just like a gimmick or if he was, but the guy can fucking Real go." Deal, yeah. And I know going back to what happened at the show we just had on Saturday, like Eddie Dennis did a promo in the ring. Um, he just asked if he could do a promo in the ring. We were going to film something backstage. And I was like, "Yeah, sure, go ahead." Didn't even ask what he was going to say because I trust him. And he said what I think a lot of us feel, which is he's one of the most underrated, 100%. underutilized guys in the UK. 100%. And, um, he just needs the right break. He really does. Um, but that's that's Eddie said it that night. You guys tend to do that for people, mm. and I don't know how that happens, but it seems to happen quite a lot, guys. And it, it must be really unfortunate for you because you get a guy up to the top, and then suddenly they're gone. Especially and, re- recently, yeah, it, we we have really been kicked in the balls recently. Mm. There's no, um, it's probably the first time I've really spoken about it properly, but it's it's bittersweet mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. I'm really happy for the guys that have gone. I'm sad that I can't play with those toys anymore. Yeah, but we've been building up other guys in the back, always knowing this could happen. This, because that's something you guys are good at because it's never a case of like when. Um, so when Alex Steele left, yeah, he was at the top. He was wrestling for the title, yeah. and as much as you miss him, there's never you never feel that there's that 
kind of gap and mm. nothing's missing because you've always got the next guy waiting. Yeah. So well, where, where Dick's right at the top and you spent a year building him up, as soon as he gets there, you immediately switch. We, and we knows on the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's, there's a couple of things that, that, that we know what we're doing. The, the one thing that has messed us up a little bit is that we would have offered a lot of those guys a lot of our dates for this year early. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we do. We planned a lot in advance. Mm-hmm. And when we found out we'd lost all those guys, the kind of people that we want to bring in to give those number of dates, realistically, we can't because it's too late in the day and Saturday's yeah. generally a primary wrestling day. Yeah. Um, which does make life a little easier. How do you, so how do you get around that? So you've obviously got a lot of the country's top guys gone yeah. that you can't use. So mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you go about booking a card so that... Because I'm sure part of you still feels that people come to watch it for Webster or for Eddie Dennis or for... So how do you fill that gap like you said it's late late in the day and mm-hmm. maybe someone like I don't fucking know Will for example yeah is already fully booked for okay. the rest of the year we've switched roles now no 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 no, no. this is, this is <laughs> fine this is good um, honestly we just try to focus more on the power of the story mm-hmm. not necessarily the individual and um, if you think back to regardless of anything else back when we did the first time we ran in Yate Leisure Centre um, what, 2016 mm-hmm. Webster wasn't the Webster he, he was when he left us mm-hmm. that whole thing was built around me versus Webster and yeah. we got 400 plus people in a venue because mm-hmm. of it people didn't come because it was a WWE superstar no. they certainly didn't come because they wanted to see Dave Mercy wrestle in terms yeah. of that as an individual they wanted to see the way that story finished mm-hmm. and one of the things I struggle with a lot I think is trying to balance up I still second guess myself loads about do people come to see the stories we're putting on or are they coming to see the names? And if I look back at, say, the Chaos Rumble, where we had no names in terms of we brought in no big international talent. Yeah, the whole of Brit Rest. But we did have the whole... <laughs> but that whole... That, was that night was accumulation of 18 months of story yeah. for two or three different strands of, of, of mm-hmm. things we were doing. Um, and that was the biggest house we'd had in a long time. So, I think for us, we always say we're a storyline promotion. I've been, I've been, I'd say the word struggle a lot. I have been struggling a lot with a lot of things recently because I, I struggle to brand what we are. Yeah. I can brand loads of other companies in terms of when they yeah, when yeah. they got niches. We're kind of nicheless. We're yeah. I've almost come up with like, uh, we're 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 smart marks for parents. That's basically what yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah. That's the best, but we That's can't. Nice. I like that. But we can't market it like that. No. Like that. But what I mean <laughs> is, in terms of, you know, me and Rob are parents. We're smart marks. We want to be able to watch a show that we can enjoy that we know won't offend our kids. Yeah. Or we won't be offended by bringing our kids. But what, where you are, you are PG, and kids will enjoy those shows. You're not to the point where it's overly family and yeah, kitschy and. And, and shit. The, and the, and the, <laughs> the, the, the problem is sometimes family, if you say the word family and wrestling, you will lose a certain percentage of an audience because they all make an assumption over what that product is. Yeah. Um, much in the same way that we won't say that we're a, an adult show because at the same time you'll knock off another percentage of that audience who will think that it's not suitable for their kids. Yeah. We try to tow a very difficult line in terms of that and... It was never part of a big marketing strategy. If anything, I always say that I'm a really good promoter. I'm not a very good marketer. 
mm-hmm. I don't know how to mark. Oh, it's not for, I, I have no experience properly in marketing. Yeah. And most of us are now pushing 40 and we're not trying to push the demographics we understand. Yeah. So we're in this difficult thing of, yeah, 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 you know, it's, we're trying to be cool, but yeah. we're not, we know we're not. But then <laughs> it, it, the guys that you have on your shows, because mm. no one, no one comes to those shows because you three run it. Thanks. They don't. They don't, they don't. They don't know who you are, right? <laughs> no, they, no, you're they, not. All right. Maybe, you know, they know Jack or they know Gideon, they know Dave Mercy yeah. from way back when. Yeah. We're not the draws. We're not you're the not the draws. What the creative that you put out is the draw. Mm. And the people that you have out front to carry that yeah. is the draw. So your next show, people are coming for primarily one reason. And that's Dick to versus, see Dick versus Eddie. Yeah. So you you finish, unless it's a big show where a storyline ends, mm. like the whole the Brotherhood deal. It, it, yeah. That was lucky timing, wasn't it? That was very That well. worked really I, well. I bet people think we knew we didn't. No. We really, really didn't. If we if we finished that story in January, we so were weird. fucked. So weird. No way around it because we would have lost them. But the, <laughs> you, you finish your show with a reason. Yeah. And whether that's you know Dick versus Eddie, or whether that's um, the triple threat when it was Alex, Eddie, yeah. and Gav, mm-hmm. you know things like that. That make people want to come back. Yeah, cause, like even when we finished that uh, uh, Alex Eddie and Gav thing, that was like a it was like a huge storyline. But that, I mean that that kind of interwove then, didn't it? Because mm-hmm. you had the whole thing about Alex originally tried to face uh, uh, Webster at yeah. a couple of previous shows, couldn't get the job done. Yeah, Eddie came out as a surprise, beat Gav for non-title, therefore set up the th- uh, the three-way, which. Um, uh, with one of them then leaving, yeah. Eddie stayed, and then we did that thing where like, naturally people thought that then Alex would then take on Eddie, but then he did the turn, but then Eddie got hurt, yeah. and it just all kind of got really interwoven. Was... And, but if, again, that's a case where sometimes a, an injury can help. It really can. I'd, I'd argue Eddie's when he tore his was he tore, tore, tore his, his pet? pet yeah. yeah, that's the most unfortunate timing ever. Because mm-hmm. he was what six months into full time pro wrestling, yeah. but he's almost had a huge rub from that mm-hmm. since he's well. Look at what's happened to him since he's come back. If it right? wasn't for the pec tear, he probably wouldn't have done. Got to Wembley with Mark. Yeah, he would have obviously been involved, but I don't think he would have had that match. Yeah. And and I remember like the day it happened, he was backstage with with the pec tear. I remember saying to him, "This is actually potentially a good thing because." Yeah. You could stretch you and Mark out now to to Wembley, and it worked a treat. Yeah, and you, they, I, I remember Progress were doing loads loads of cool promos with him. Mm. There was one I watched it. I think he put it on Facebook yesterday when he was at the their training. Oh, the Knuckle Locks place. Yeah, yeah. And he was just sat on the ring talking to Glenn, mm. and it was magic. He's going back to the face thing, uh, love, love and hate. I, 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 as a heel, he's doing some phenomenal work. But as a fiery face, I th- really think he's one of the best. Um, he is, uh, and he but he can do both so well. He's one of the best talkers going. And one, uh, Gav's a really good talker. Eddie's a really good talker. They're really good storytellers. That's one of the something about the Welsh. Yeah, really is. But the, Eddie... hey, I'm just happy we finally got our first English champion. Okay, it's been it's, it's been the first one. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> we've had loads of Welsh Welsh blo- bird. First, Bird, Bird was first. Then Hitch. it was. Then it was Hitch. Then it was. Webster. Then it was Webster. Jesus Christ! Yeah. After Webster, Eddie Dennis. Yeah. Then it went to Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Oh then, God! Yeah. I then Grizz. Matt Riddle. Then Grizz. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus. 
<laughs> That's insane. I know. Oh, we're close to Wales. It's, 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 <laughs> it's cheap hexes, yeah. even, though, even though most of them don't live in Wales no now. No bridge toll anymore. No, there but you go. apart from Grizz, none of them live in Wales. Really? No. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, of course, Webster's up north, Eddie's London. Yeah. Bird, Birds from Rochester, so oh, that's the other yeah. side of London. Oh, God, yeah. Near Essex, your favourite place. Yeah. I, I don't mind Essex, it's just an asshole to get to and from. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Eddie is magic. Yeah. And, and I I feel if that peck tear hadn't happened, he, I think he'd still be doing incredibly well. Mm. Whether he'd be where he is now, because you can't help but feel that the stuff with Market Progress elevated him. Yeah. And I think it was some of his best work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, injuries are good. Get injured more, kid. <laughs> but it's it's more about it gives you an opportunity to develop other skills. Yeah, which you need because you can't just go out and yeah be technical and shit, can you? No. If Look you at really... me being an expert. Oh yeah, of course. Well, you know, you're in ring <laughs> armchair booker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about being an armchair booker. It's really easy to book after the fact. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I often look at like when I was filming wrestling full time, and you'd watch shows and you think, oh, I wouldn't have done that. Mm. But then I look, I you know, I. I've been here when you guys have been planning stuff. Yeah. And it's like, how the fuck do you think this out mm. before you've seen it go badly? Yeah. Like, how can you plan out the way something will work and it works? It's bizarre. We work on arcs. We don't work on show to show. We work on... We knew Dick was going to get the belt at mm-hmm. that point that way from a rumble 18 months before it happened. I'm sure I remember you telling me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we just didn't know every single beat for every single yeah. show. But that gives you the drive and direction to say that you don't have to do something big every single show with every single player you've got, but you just need to be moving towards that, that goal. So you, you work at it almost like a like a TV show. So yeah. Like with um, 24 Mm-hmm. No, let's say Prison Break, right? Because yeah. I've just finished watching it again because it's wonderful. Prison Break. Prison you, Break you, season one. Prison Break. For, for, from what I understand from Prison Break, I've never watched You've it. You've never watched it? But it's, it's a short, so good. Uh, I believe the best review I saw of it was The Shawshank Redemption written with crayons. Better than yeah. Shawshank <laughs> Screw the show. Anyway, Redemption. sorry, tell your story. <laughs> so season one of Prison Break, right? Yeah. Basic storyline is this guy's in prison for a crime he didn't do. His brother has to break him out. At the end of the season, they break out of prison. So you look at that, yeah. and then they'll go back, work backwards, and say what needs to happen in all yeah. 22 episodes. It's exactly the same, isn't it? It's in theory, what they did with Lost, the only problem is they gave themselves way too many episodes. But let's not worry Lost about that. Lost was depressing. Lost man. had the ability to be a really good story. If they'd cut out season... How many seasons was it? Six? Yeah. The original was out, meant to be four. So if they cut out four and five, yeah. it would have been perfect. Yeah. Apart from, apart from the finish. You still need to have a good finish. I'm not sure Purgatory there was, was the way no to go. There was no finish, really, was it? Was, there? It was heaven, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. I don't really know. Exactly. And this is the problem. Some, some, you, that's the Did thing. it all fade to white? Yeah, the, work back yeah. from your finish. Work back from your finish, kids. Work mm. back from your finish. What's your end goal? And then you'll be all right. Lost was cool. Like, see when they find the hatch and there was that weird dude living in it. I got like, obsessed That was about great. That. And then the flash forwards were cool. I, I liked that because it turned it on its head a bit. A bit it, different. It was more when they went to the temples and stuff. They yeah, got and then up. they had the guy who turned into Black Smoke and the guy that looked like John Locke but wasn't because they were gods or something. It was. It, was it all, all got fucking weird. It, yeah, this this is kind of... <laughs> yeah, sometimes you try to be too smart for your own good. Yeah. That's the, the other thing with wrestling. Always try to work... We all, always generally try to work to the lowest common denominator. So when are you doing the gimmick when they're all in purgatory? Um... <laughs> 
I feel like I've been there for the past five and a half years. So. Nice. <coughs> oh, there could be a stable of the purgatory. No, forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. That's the type of idea that you're going to tell Rob, and he's going to tell you to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. If it, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it wasn't for Rob, chaos would be a much different beast. A much different. Yeah less coherent beast yeah. <laughs> just book Meng that's all you need to do I, unfortunately I don't think that's one of the things he's going to say no to the biggest problem is getting in contact with Meng is he not on Twitter no surprise, oh. surprisingly not no um, that's raw why yeah we originally tried to get him for the rumble because this, we had this idea of him just like just everybody just running <laughs> just leave amazing <laughs> you can book Undertaker now he's yeah yeah things. yeah but the thing, well, just just booking to come into the ring and just do autograph signings for Well, he charges, what, 25 grand an hour, yeah. right? Yeah. So say you're doing a rumble, you have him enter at number one. Yeah. His entrance is about an hour. Mm. So then the rumble's finished by the time he gets to the ring. Yeah. Job done. Perfect. Don't need to work. Problem solved. From Pyro. Good. Yeah. Don't announce him, though, because that'll spoil the surprise. Well, yeah, well, why would I? <laughs> That'd be silly to I remember when you didn't announce Pete for Total Chaos. Yeah, that was electric, that was wasn't fun. it? That was great. We almost... We oh, we were so close at one point to having Chris Hero for a Total Chaos to finish Eddie Dennis, the Eddie Dennis thing. Because you mentioned on the podcast with Rob that you've I've tried to speak to him. Oh, yeah, I spoke to him since he's been signed. He's like, I'm, I'm sorry, they, they won't let me... Uh, but that's, that's so dickish. Oh, isn't it? No, look, I get it's it. They, not, I look, get it. They need to look after on. their investments, and we are not in those circles. It's cool. I mean, I guess if he said if they said yes, he came to work for you and got injured. Exactly. That's going to be a big problem. Yeah. The irony is they can finish that feud now because they both work for the same company. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it there. Just, just we'll promote it. <laughs> <laughs> just stick some posters up. Just yeah. claim it's your. Put it on a screen. <laughs> That'll be the uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, think, all you'd have to do. Thank us for the house, lads. Do you remember when? <laughs> so when Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg headlined the Coachella Festival and they had the two-pack hologram. E- yeah. Get one of those projectors. Okay. In your ring. Okay. So it looks like they're there. I'm going to finish this podcast now. Uh, <laughs> anything you'd like to plug. You're, you're running your own podcast now, I am, aren't you? Uh, so you pod, Podativity, mm-hmm. which is launching probably next month. Okay. Um, yeah, it's going to be quite good. Because you, you want us three on that, don't you? I do point. want you three on that. We're talking all about positivity and success and chasing a dream and getting it, which I feel like you guys are good examples of. That's you, not true. We're not millionaires. But sure. Well, it's not all about money. You wanted to run wrestling and you run wrestling. No, the only reason I've done this is purely money. Yeah, fuck. That's literally it. Well, you know... I, I'm a cold... I hate wrestling. It's just... <laughs> it's purely about money. Um, so, yeah, it's at Podativity on everything. Mm. Apart from Instagram, because they're dicks. So, it's at Podativity underscore. Of course it is. Because Podativity apparently is taken, but it's not. Okay. So, we'll end on fuck Instagram. Thanks for your time, guys. Bye-bye. That was really fun.